I want to cultivate clients that I not only like working with, but that I love working with, because this is my life and it's my time. And it's how I spend my energy and I give everything. I don't know how to give anything less than everything. And so I'm at a point in my career that every single person that I work with is not nice. They're great. And I believe that by taking that step to be who I am and putting it out there, that that has brought that to me. And it's an enormous gift. You're listening to The Real Estate Sessions. I'm your host, Bill Risser. Listen in as I interview leaders in our industry, getting their stories and their journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 246 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I'm headed back to one of my favorite cities in the country, Portland, Oregon, up in the Pacific Northwest. And we're going to be talking to Pam Blair. Pam is the broker owner of her own real estate company called Yoga Bug Real Estate. And yes, we're going to talk about that name uh, and really, uh, Pam's very interesting story uh, started off back east and wound her way through the southwest and ended up in Portland. I don't want to give it away. We're going to talk about it in the show. In fact, I think it's time to get this thing started. So, Pam, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bill. It's, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Well, it's, look, my honor, right? I, I, I'm talking to a woman who yesterday, just yesterday, summited... Mount St. Helens in the driving sleet and ice and rain. Am I overplaying that a little? Not really, right? No, no, it was really like that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an annual thing? It has become an annual thing. I have a good friend that I hike with regularly and his birthday's on July 1st. So, but he only invites those that he likes. And so far I am still on the like list. Nice. So I, yeah, I try to behave myself so that I can stay on the like list. <laughs> Wow. And how long does it take to get to the top? Well, it depends on your speed. Yesterday, we, interestingly enough, did kind of a record speed for our group. We made it up in under four hours. I think it was like three hours and some minutes. And right. then we made it down even faster. And the funny thing is, I think that, so typically, my, my friend says, if you're in really great shape, you can probably make the round trip in about eight hours. If you're in so-so shape, maybe like nine to 10 hours. If you're in moderate shape, 12 hours or more. So mm. we were under eight hours yesterday. And I honestly think that the miserable conditions just kept us moving. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> there was no like lounging and checking out of view. <laughs> head, were, head down. <laughs> not only that, Bill, but our fingers were literally frozen. We couldn't even oh. take the phones out. And hardly anybody ate anything because you didn't want to take your gloves off. So there are, uh, there are always those little nuggets in there that keep you going, huh? <laughs> yeah. A July 1st, that cold. Oof. Wow. Yeah. First of all, you and I have met before, right? We were uh, both at the Inman Connect event and the first one in Las Vegas last summer. We uh, were. I was, yeah, I was heading into, I think Molly McKinley had said, hey, come join us for dinner. I did not know it was going to be me and pretty much the whole brain trust of woman up and all those <laughs> lionesses, right? And uh and then you were you were just wrapping up dinner with uh, a mutual friend of ours, Wendy Thatcher, right? I was. It was very just very fortuitous, you know. So she said, 
Well, she had told me, she said, oh yeah, you, you really need to meet Molly because we're both yogis, of course. And you really yeah. need to meet Bill because she and I had chatted a little bit about podcasts because I like to do a lot of videos and, and yeah, so that was a very brief meeting. So I'm glad to be together again. Yeah. I'm glad we were able to make this work finally. So I uh, apologize for taking so long, but this, this will be a lot of fun. So Portland's amazing. I've talked to a lot of people that live in Portland and I talk about Portlandia and I know that's, you know, a caricature, but I've had almost everyone who lives in Portland say, eh, it's not that far off. <laughs> is that pretty, <laughs> is that pretty safe? I would say that there are definitely strong elements of that show very yeah. alive in Portland today. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I love that. But you're yeah. not a native of Portland, right? No, I am from um, I'm from a little tiny town south of Pittsburgh, but I always say I'm from Pittsburgh. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Pittsburgh. I, for the first time um, ever, my wife and I were able to. We were driving from Durham, North Carolina, to Buffalo. So if that you figure that trip, and I made sure we went through Pittsburgh and we stayed the night there. And no one ever tells you. And I watch a lot of sports. That's my thing. And so I've seen Three Rivers. I've seen the Monongahela, the Ohio, the Allegheny a million times. I I know kind of the layout, but I had no idea how steep that valley is, right? Mm -hmm. Like I came out of a freeway tunnel and I I came out of a wall of a cliff over a river Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to get to Pittsburgh. So let's talk about Pittsburgh a little bit. First of all, if there's a myth you'd love to debunk, this is your chance. If there's these things, something people always think about Pittsburgh, go ahead and <laughs> tell us tell us the truth. Absolutely. I do have a myth. And um, it's kind of a one of those, it's an old myth because people talk about how great Pittsburgh is today. And it is. But Pittsburgh has always been a great city. And that's that's the myth. You know, people are like, oh, it used to be the dirty steel town and there was nothing going on. Well, That's not true. Pittsburgh has always been a dynamic, just full of culture and just rich um, music and theater. And yeah, it's just always been a vibrant city, just full of academia and incredible healthcare. And it's, and the people are amazing. I love the people in Pittsburgh. I miss them. You have a chance to go back with her family still there. I do. I go every year. I'm COVID's throwing a little wrench into that this year. I do. And, and I enjoy it. I enjoy one of the things I love about Pittsburgh is that the people are so genuine. So really what you see is what you get and they say what they mean. So, I mean, I'm just guessing here that you, you know, the Bradshaw years were super fun. Oh your, was your dad or your family all involved in that? Was that like, just amazing? I was a little kid throwing that terrible towel. Oh my God, it was epic. I mean, epic between oh. the Pirates and the, the Steelers and the Penguins. I mean, we were killing it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> a, a, abundance of riches from someone who grew up in San Diego who never won anything ever <laughs> in 40 years. So I'm really you, happy for you. You know, they <laughs> they say that when a baby's born in Pittsburgh, they wrap they wrap them in a terrible towel. That's awesome. I love it. I, I knew I had to. I knew I had to get that out of you because there's no way uh, you weren't going to be this rabid Steelers fan. That's awesome. So you end up you end up going. You st- um, you go to college in Pennsylvania still, right? I did. I went to a small women's uh, college, actually, right in Pittsburgh, in the center of the city. And and doing some digging and research. Thank you, internet and LinkedIn. Um, a double major in biology. And psychology, and and 
And I know you just mentioned you're a yogi and, and yoga. We're going to talk about yoga with your business, which I think is awesome. Am I wrong to just go like, wow, biology and psychology, that is absolutely perfect for what you do uh, as your other job, right? You know, it is. And it's so funny when you brought that up. I had never put it together. I just inherently did what I was drawn to, right? I was a pre-med major. I was slated to go to medical school. And I was also a psychology major. And then I had a minors in counseling. And then I had a real interest in art. So I kind of had my my fingers in a little bit of everything. And and then it just naturally, honestly, I feel like both yoga and real estate allow me to tap into all of those, uh, just all of those interests, all of those passions and all those aptitudes. So I feel extremely fortunate to do what I do in this life. I, I love I love seeing that connection, right? How that all kind of played together. What What did you do right out of college? What was your first job? Yeah, I was, well, I decided I didn't want to be a doctor. I went to this really cool program down at Howard University. It was a summer program and there were like 25 of us chosen throughout the United States. And it was really for minorities, but I snuck myself in there because I was a woman. And back then women were considered minorities, which is really interesting. Um, So anyway, I went to this pre-med program, which was kind of a mini med school. And I'm like, I realized, so I followed a bunch of doctors around all summer. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to live that life. You know, I don't want to spend all my time in the, I just have too many things. I knew I would be unhappy and that was a huge blessing. So when I graduated, I did not take the MCAT and go to med school, but I was fortunate in in that I landed this job at Carnegie Mellon University, working with cutting edge research team in the field of social social psychology. And I spent seven years on an NIH study interviewing young women who had breast cancer. And I grew so much as a person, especially as a very young person, that's a really intense job to to step into. And I was so profoundly affected by the vulnerability of these women and how intimate they would share these details of their life all the way down to their sex life with me. And here I am, you know, this graduate from college. So seven years of that. And I was surrounded by Nobel Peace Prize winners. And I loved academia. I really loved it. I could have done it, but um, just didn't go that route. How do we get you to Portland from Pittsburgh? (laughs) Through Santa Fe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Another beautiful part of the country. yeah. Yeah. So tell me the, tell me the, the, how that works. Yeah. So when I was 30, I was basically at a point in my life, I had lived in Pittsburgh my entire life, essentially. And I had a real pancake flip happen in my life. I was married at the time. I had this great job. And I just realized that all of that was changing for me. And I was also an artist. I sculpt stone. That's another passion that I have. And there are very few stone sculptors in Pittsburgh, but there are a lot of stone sculptors in New Mexico. And so I was to, had started to travel to New Mexico yearly to attend a stone carving symposium in the Jemez Mountains of New Mexico. And so I did that for probably the third year. And during that time, it was very transformational for me. I realized that my life was changing, that I had some hard decisions to make ahead of me. And by the time I returned, then I did a, a road trip by myself through the four corners of the Southwest. And by the time I got back to Albuquerque and on the plane, I knew that I was going back to Pittsburgh to tell everybody goodbye. And I did. I quit my job. I got a divorce. 
And I got in the car with my two dogs, two rabbits and my African violets. I drove across the country and carved stone. And so I know it was radical. Everybody thought I was having a nervous breakdown and I wasn't. I was just very clear and I never regretted that decision. So I went and took some br- a break and carved stone. And then I realized that I'm, and I met my husband there. And then I realized, and I bought a house in Santa Fe. And um, then my husband and I, he's an artist. And so I was looking for a niche business in New Mexico. And I, I'm one of those people, like you see a need and you just see it. And I said, you know, we should start a window washing business. And he looked at me. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, there is a real need here for somebody that has great service. I think this could be a great business. So we did. We started a window washing business and it built 25% every year. And so we lived there and I got very involved in naturopathic medicine when I was in Santa Fe because I had some health issues that couldn't be resolved and got very involved in biochemistry and naturopathic medicine and decided that I wanted to go to naturopathic school. And so that's what brought me to Portland is that I came to Portland to visit the naturopathic school. Now you say, so you get to Portland and what are you thinking when you get there for the first time? Here's what happened is that I went to Bastyr in Seattle. That's a very well-known naturopathic school. Loved the school, was so impressed, but I knew Seattle was not the next place for us. Came to the naturopathic school for an orientation, right, in Portland. Honestly, disliked it so much. I didn't even stay for three hours. I was out of there before lunch. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to this school. But we had three days in Portland. And we had actually had our house on the market in Santa Fe already because we knew that we were we wanted to move. Mm-hmm. And we went home and I said to my husband a couple weeks later, I said, you know, I just can't get Portland out of my mind. I decided not to go to naturopathic school. And I said, but you know, I think we should check out Portland. So we didn't know a single person here and we moved here. And the the moment we made the decision to move to Portland, our house had been on the market for two years. We got two full price offers on our house in Santa Fe. Wow. What year is it? What year is this? That was, so it was 16 years ago. So that was 2004, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so how does real estate enter the picture? And, and did your, did your husband come with you immediately into the business? Cause I know you're a team now. I'm just curious that, yeah. how that works. So real estate entered my life. I had a good friend who's still my best friend. She's, she now lives in Austin, but she did live in Santa Fe when I lived there. And we were actually, we became friends through our spiritual um, path and Jane and her husband were these like rock star, major Santa Fe real estate agents. And I, I, when I met Jane, it was one of those like attractions that you just cannot, you know, can't ignore. She was so different than me, but it was, I just knew her deeply. And so she said to me one day, she said, you know, I think you'd be really good at this job. And I, I looked at her and I said, you know what? You work the most insane hours. You're totally obsessed with your work. You have no life. Why in the world would I want to do that? And she said, because you'd be good at it. And I did, I like blew it off. And she said, well, why don't you just do a little bit of work for me? You know? And so I'm like, oh, she needs help. That's always a good line for me. I tend to take the bait. 
So I did a little bit of work for her and then we moved. She helped sell our house in Santa Fe. And then I got to Portland and I was just contemplating, all right, so what am I going to do here? Am I going to get a research job at OHSU? What am I going to do? And I thought, this is it. She was right. I can do use all my aptitudes. I can be rewarded for being such a dog worker and I can do it the way I want to do it. And that was it. I, I literally came here within one month. I studied for my test and that's how it happened. And then I, that, so that was when in 2004, my husband didn't join me until 2011, right in the middle of the great recession. Okay. And his work, his, his art business, you know, it was tough times we know. Right. And I just said to him, I mean, my business was doing really well. And I said, what do you think about joining my business? And he, you know, he's a really sweet, supportive guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's, let's talk about that, how that, how that part's working out, because you, you talk about in some of the things you've published um, that you're really an ideal team, right? Because you're, 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 you're the tough negotiator. You're the one that's going to like really take care of that customer, help them, right? You mentioned you love helping mm -hmm. people, but he's a little more. Um, artistic and a little more maybe marketing. And so it kind of works out really well, right? It does. Yeah. It, when he first joined my team, it, now it took a while for us to iron that out. Who does what? I mean, it, it probably took at least three years for that to happen and maybe even beyond that. And it became really clear what Bruce was really great at. And I became clear that trying to for both of us to have our fingers in the same thing didn't work for our relationship either. So what Bruce is phenomenal at, he is amazing with people. I mean, off the charts, he is so approachable. He is like the open house master. Everybody talks to my, my husband can strike up a conversation in a heartbeat. And I'm like, what the heck is he doing back there? You know? And Anyway, so he's amazing with the clients. So he, he just shows property for me. He's wonderful with buyers. He has great vision in houses. So that's another reason he's a great property shower. And he does help with my marketing. I often come up with the ideas, but we're really good at playing ideas off of each other. We're both creative spirits. So that's a fun component. And he does little stuff that I don't want to spend time doing. Like he used to, he did attendance inspections for me, put lock boxes on the house, and so he's really a support person and he, my husband is just fun. So I, I'm, I always say I'm like the bad guy and he's the good guy. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's out having a good time with the clients and then I take care of business. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Once again, you know, you've, you've got a great um, library of information about you that, that I could find out some things. And, and I want to talk about this. You, you, you talked about this um, kind of this dual lives you live, right? Because a realtor, that is, that's a very specific thing, you know, and it's, um, you're dealing with people's biggest asset in their lives and you can't make mistakes and they happen, but you know, you've got to do everything you can to avoid them. But there's also this, you're a yoga instructor, which is a completely different uh, experience. And there's, there's such a spirituality there. So, Talk about how you resolve that. You know, how do you make that work? How do you keep them separate or how, how does that happen? Yeah, it's just such a great question, Bill. And so the interesting thing is on the outside appearance, they really are different worlds. I mean, they couldn't theoretically be more polar opposite. 
you know, the general public really doesn't like real estate agents, you know, and so, and the general public absolutely loves yoga teachers. And uh, again, good, bad, good cop, bad cop thing. Um, but the interesting thing is that for me, there is no difference. I am the same person coming from the same place, from the same principles, regardless of what hat I have on. And so the reason I branded myself blending those two was because I had so much personal conflict and maybe my perception was wrong. You know, sometimes we think we perceive that people think a certain way about us and we're really the only one that's thinking that. I actually had this experiment. I used to go to Whole Foods a lot to eat because I was always on the go. And it was by the the yoga studio that I taught at. And I don't know, I'm that person that people come up to and they start talking to me. They just do. And so I'm standing in the line. And and the funny thing is like, I'm from Pittsburgh. I don't necessarily really want to talk to you. But if you talk to me, I'll talk to you, right? So, um, So I'll be there and they'll say, oh, how was your day? Or how was your day? What were you up to? And so I would tell them that I'm a yoga instructor or, hey, I'm going down to Yoga Pearl to teach a yoga class. Really? Oh, my gosh. I've always wanted to do yoga. And, you know, I had the shoulder plane and I've had it a while ago. And, you know, I went to my chiropractor and do you what do you think? Should I go to Hatha or Yin or whatever? And then where there would be I'd get their whole download of their health. And then no joke. Same scenario. Oh, how are you? What are you doing today? And I say, I just went on a listing appointment crickets end of conversation and oh. honestly it that bugged me it kind of sure. i kind of took it personally and then i started to get this evolution of you know and then of course i was getting a lot of clients from the yoga community and i thought how can i serve this community better and i can serve them through real estate not only my teaching but through real estate but how do i bring real estate into such a spiritual sanctuary kind of situation appropriately that was a big question and i thought i can do that by offering something and so i decided to brand myself and get at be really bold and call myself yoga bug real estate which was in that time honestly a pretty crazy thing to do but i started a wellness series and then as a part of this branding and so i i knew all of these really great practitioners and some of them were new and i thought i can support their business by holding public events in my office I would be able to announce it in my yoga classes because it would be completely appropriate. It was free. I did Mm -hmm. all the advertising. It benefited the people. So that's kind of how the whole thing started to blend together. But, you know, like a lot of decisions we make in our lives, we really don't understand the magnitude of that in the moment and just sort of following the path. And it has become yoga bug has like become its own little culture. It's a thing. It's like a thing. It's me, but it has become this thing beyond me. It's become this community that honestly, I I had no idea when I started this. I mean, there are people and coaches and experts and all kinds of stuff out there today that talk about find your community, you know, and, and really dig deep, you know, to kind of take care of them. And, and you did it. <laughs> you were able to do it in a way when, like you said, you weren't even really aware that you were doing that. I didn't. No, I just <laughs> I just followed my heart and kept taking the next step beside despite I had a lot of insecurities about it, Bill. 
Um, I'm still not free, free of insecurities about the whole thing, to be honest with you. Um, but I think that also, I think it's important to have those little butterflies all the time. I think that's what keeps me striving and becoming better. You you talk about the struggle of um, being very open about you know your spirituality, because there are some people who might look at that and not take you seriously, right? And you're right. very serious about what you do as a realtor. Right. So how, how, how is that, how's that going now? I mean, have you gotten past that point? How's that, how's that working? I do think that I have gotten past that point. It's been a long journey and what I found through my own concerns about people judging me or perhaps not choosing to work with me is that I was making assumptions about other people. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a problem. That's a problem for a lot of people, huh? We yeah. all do it. We're yes, human we beings. Do. And so I would think, well, that CEO, if he saw that my after my name, Pam Blair, it said Yoga Bug Real Estate, he wouldn't work with me because it's that rather than, you know, luxury, whatever. And what I found out is I was wrong. And that, and the, the biggest thing that I talked a lot initially about and then have embraced fully is that I want to cultivate clients that I not only like working with, but that I love working with because this is my life and it's my time and it's how I spend my energy and I give everything. I don't know how to give anything less than everything. And so I'm at a point in my career that every single person that I work with is not nice they're great. And I believe that by taking that step to be who I am and putting it out there, that that has brought that to me. And it's an enormous gift. Well, I would, I would imagine that a large portion of your business is going to be referral at this point in your career. Is that pretty true? At least 90%. Okay. Yeah. And, and the, the other 10%, I always, I'm always curious, you know, are you doing something, uh, in a, in a lead gen sort of a way in whatever that is? I, I don't buy leads. I have, I have no interest. Uh, but I, we do get some clients from open houses because my husband is the man, you know? Um, awesome. but for example, today I I've done, I've, I've been very interested in social media. I'm not saying that I'm like great at it, but I've been very interested in it. And I I love doing videos and I love um, interviewing other people in the community. And and I've really integrated that as a part of my business and I put it everywhere. And so what's happening now, for example, I had a person call me today and he was a contractor, a siding contractor. And he had this question about siding. And, and and how that would, he said, well, I'm going to give my client this bid and I need to talk to a real estate agent about this. And so I just listened to, him, listened to him and I thought, this is an unusual call. Who is this person? And he said, well, if, if I have, if I suggest that he resides the place versus just doing these repairs, how will it affect the resale of this house? And so we had this big conversation about this. And then I said, how did you find me? And he said, I just Googled real estate agents in Portland and you were the number one person that came up on the map. And I thought, wow, that is, that is amazing. So evidently 
something is happening right. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. We have to bring up the pandemic. We're recording this uh, mm-hmm. in early, early July 2020. Um, how are things going in Portland? I know that the Pacific Northwest was like early on, right? Sort of a trouble spot. But I'm curious now, uh, how are things going for you? And and then go ahead and let's hear a little bit about what the market's like there. Because I know supply of inventory in Portland is chronically an issue, right? It is. And it, it I believe it's worse now. Yeah. So Portland, I think, has been, because Seattle was, the Seattle was such a primary place for the pandemic, and then California was on high alert really early on. We're basically the cream in the middle, right? And yeah. so I, I think that we got the heads up, fortunately, and we uh, went into, you know, sheltered in place early enough that really the cases in Oregon stayed relatively low if you look at the map. And um, I think that in general, I live right in the city. So I think what's happening right in the city might be different than what's happening maybe in the suburbs or in a more rural area. But I think in general, people are still very mindful to take the precautions that are necessary. And I know in real estate, we've been an essential business, thankfully, from day one. So we had to adapt really quickly to all of the precautions to keep people safe. So um, we did open up into phase two. We were kind of, I mean, phase one, we were a little late on that, probably compared to the rest of the country. And I hear that cases are rising now. So we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, I, I mean, I might be just an extreme. I even haven't even had a coffee out during this whole time. I've been, you know, I've been out in the world a lot, but I otherwise have been extremely conservative. Um, Yeah. So, so that's what's happening in Portland. And then you also need to keep in mind that I purposefully don't watch the news. So that might not be the whole story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You've been an agent for, you know, 15 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you surprised at how busy you've been during this time? I'm shocked, honestly, when COVID hit, what I did was because I was an agent during, during the great recession, that was a rough time, right? For anybody involved in this business, I don't care who you were. And I gratefully, I made it through that, but I like to try to learn from my experiences. So, because as soon as the unknown stepped into my world again, I literally locked down on spending. I went kind of back to great recession days and because I didn't know what would happen. And I had three weeks that were relatively quiet. And interestingly enough, I am busier now than I have ever been in my career. And I'm sure I'm not the only active agent that is saying that, but it's shocking to me. And again, it's, but you know, I, I always love to be proven wrong, Bill. I just love it. I love when I have these ideas and I, they're like blasted out of the universe. So if any day I can be out created, thank you. <laughs> wow, I love that. Pam, I've had you here the half hour I've asked of your time. So I'm going to ask you the same final question that I've asked every guest since guest one, uh, Jay Thompson, who was with Zillow for a number of years. And that is, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? My one piece of advice would probably be more than one word for sure. It would be learn the basics and practice them over and over and over again because professional basketball players still continue to dribble the ball, right? 
you know, they still shoot and they, I mean, there's never stop, never stop practicing the basics and uh, rather than being allured by the fancy glitter and work hard. I believe I grew up in a steel town and it was drilled into me that the way out of this is by hard work. And I believe in that. So work hard. If uh, someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? My website, yogabugrealestate.com. Awesome. Pam, it is so, I'm so happy Wendy made this happen, right? I, it's been wonderful talking to you. It was great digging up your story. I knew this was going to be fun. Um, I'll wait till we're off the air to give you my pain ailments and then talk about yoga to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here but, for you, Bill. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just just a wonderful, um, I think you're doing wonderful things up there and, and continued success and uh, stay safe. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. To leave a review or rating, go to ratethispodcast.com slash RE Sessions. You can also subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Finally, you can go to the realestatesessions.com and subscribe to our email newsletter and be notified whenever a new episode is released. Uh-huh.